Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. podcast and i'm super excited uh because uh, i didn't know cleo house and i've got to tell you one of the ways that i go about finding guests and i actually i believe i told him this but one of the ways i go about finding guests is well a i've got my podcast pimp Stuart savage he is very good at saying hey you need to have this person on or sometimes hey don't have this person on and i won't reveal who those people are but uh he has told me a couple people not to have on looking at you Julio Morales. Anyway, but uh, I uh, found Cleo House to be someone that had a lot of mutual friends on Facebook. And so I just kind of clicked. Yeah, I Facebook stalked. It's a little creepy, but I Facebook uh, stalked Cleo House and I clicked his name and I saw who we had in common. And I quickly realized, well, A, we should probably be friends. And B, we have a lot of people in common that I... uh, adore and that I look up to and that I respect um, and so I just thought I'm going to reach out to this guy and sure enough I did and sure enough he replied and sure enough here he is this week's guest on the podcast and I thoroughly enjoyed my chat with him I didn't know much about him at all we did become Facebook friends before he actually came on because we were trying to set up a good time to uh, have this conversation and so through that we just uh, became friends and so I'm sure I'm not going to put words into his mouth, and I'm sure he looked at me, just like I looked at him, okay, and uh, we had a nice hour-long chat, and uh, he is at Stephen F. Austin, won't hold that against him, my wife is a Sam Houston grad, they're big rivals, and uh, you know, I went to Sam for a little bit, but uh, go Lumberjacks, at least this week, so uh, it was fun to talk to Cleo House, and uh, Cleo House Jr., that is, and just kind of get to know him, and I think this will start a good little friendship for the future and this is why i have this podcast and i am saying and a whole lot anyway uh so i want to thank you guys for listening this week make sure you follow me wherever it is you have things apparently and i didn't know this but apparently linkedin is like uh quite the social media platform for adults and i just became aware of this because of my new job that apparently linkedin is the place to like find some cool cats and stuff so I'm I don't I have a LinkedIn I don't know what it's under but don't follow me there so I'd say follow me wherever but don't follow me on LinkedIn I I I haven't updated that in quite some time most likely maybe some fun would be to search that but you know friend me on Facebook uh follow me on Twitter uh if you would like to do that and leave a review and stuff like that so uh make sure you guys are registering for TETA TXETA this year in Galveston it is coming up very quickly and I know that we are hoping that registration numbers are normal, that, that, that we get the, the same amount of people that we would normally get. We would hope to get the same amount of vendors and such. But, you know, we know that also the pandemic is putting kind of a little bit of a monkey wrench in that process. But I hope to see you guys at TXETA. I will most definitely be there in Galveston, uh, living my best life, teaching a workshop, living most of my time on the exhibits floor with the exhibitors and colleges and universities and such. And they're also, uh, Techland has their cafe again. There's some dance classes being in, I'm assuming there are dance classes in there. There are two rather large dance floors in the exhibitors hall. So I'm assuming it would be weird to have those and then not have the workshop. So yeah, I'm assuming they're there. But I hope to see you guys there. Please uh, say hi to me at some point. I'm sure I will be sporting the Minor Wisdom shirt and attire. So come on by and say hi. And make sure you are registering. If you're not going to be there, you know, just uh, reach out to me. And uh, still, I'd like to be your friend. I want to be everybody's friend. Enjoy this week's episode with the awesome, energetic, amazing Cleo House Jr. I came to theater. I I was lucky that I found theater when I was about 13. Uh, I grew up in a family of athletes, uh, you know, I, I used to be a lot thinner, so uh, I, I ran track, played basketball, baseball, football. Uh, my dad was a professional football player with the Miami Dolphins in the 70s. He was a free agent. My mom was a basketball player. 
she knows as much about football and how to play it than any other guy I know. I remember one time she told my brother who went to actually went to SFA for on a football scholarship. One time she told him, I've forgotten a much, as much about football as you'll ever know. So uh, that's the kind of, and my sister is a volleyball coach. So I was grew up surrounded by it and trying to figure out, you know, I was okay at football, but I didn't love it. And one day I was walking down the hallway in high school, ninth grade, and there was auditions for the trip to Bountiful going on. I didn't know nothing about that show, but someone just said, hey, why don't you come in and audition? So I go in there and um, I end up getting the role of Ticketman number one and Ticketman number two. And I, you know, was just so excited to be a part of that process, rehearsals, all that stuff just really just turned the light on in me that I was waiting to get turned on. And I remember, uh, because my teacher was a, really an English kind of debate person, uh, my director, and so she would do a lot of character work with us. But I remember intuitively telling her, you know, I think i got to figure out a way to make the Houston ticket guy different than the Bountiful ticket guy. And so I think I should wear a vest uh, when I'm in the city and maybe a hat when I'm in the country. You know, I, I was really, you know, really serious about this thing. And uh, so we went to festival, to One Act Play Festival, and that's why I love UIL One Act Play to this day. Uh, I know some faculty, especially people who come, I teach, at, teach on a university level, and some people who come outside of Texas really poo-poo and frown upon, you know, competitive theater. And I'm like, you don't know. I mean, UIL has changed so many people into artists, you know, uh, that you may never know. But anyway, um, so we go to festival and I'll never forget it. Uh, we were getting our response. I don't even know if we won or not because that's not the important part about what happened. I'm sitting there, we're getting our response and David Crawford from Tyler Junior College, and I've told him this uh, a couple of different times because he's met on the circuit. He said to me, uh, I don't know. He said, I don't know what you plan on doing, but whatever it is, the it thing is, you got it. And I was like, hallelujah, that's it. That's all I need to know. This is what I'm supposed to do. And that was it for me. Um, and so the whole time I knew I wanted to be a teacher, a high school teacher, but I didn't, didn't know what. So by this, okay, so now I know it's theater. I'm going to teach theater. I'm going to be a one-act play teacher. And um, and we lost a lot. We lost. We lost as a high school as a high school participant. We lost a lot. Uh, I, th I don't think we ever made it out of district. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was a part during the the arc of Larry Wisdom. I was in his one of his uh, areas or something. And of course, he spanked us every every year. And I just remember thinking, oh, someday, someday. And so, you know, fast forward. I, I don't, I don't know how, how personal you want this to get, but I'll, I'll just get you, personal. I mean, you yeah, can. you, you get as personal as you want. <laughs> I've gotten very personal on here, so yeah, go ahead. So, uh, yeah, so I go to college, intending to major in theater and I, and I was, I was a theater major, but um, I, I didn't feel that I was being used or, or cast enough uh, because I was black basically. And, and I remember going to one of the professors and, and she uh, ended up in the future becoming a good friend of mine. But in that moment I said to her, I asked her, I said, so, and I don't know if I use the word non-traditional casting or whatever. I probably didn't. So she probably turned me onto that term, but I was just, you know, asking her, you know, about the casting situation. And she said, well, you know, our audiences are really ready for mixed, you know, families and that type of thing. So this was a small town, East Texas college that I went to. And, um, and so, I, but I do remember going to the department head and him saying, Oh no, that's not that's not the case. So so I so I got to give both both of them you know, the credit. Uh, so maybe that was the case for her, but not the case for him. I, I don't know. But anyway, um, so we were doing American the American College Theater Festival, and uh, Prairie View A and M came. Oh man, 
I really get to go into some territory here, but I'm just I'm gonna go there. Okay, so Prairie View A and M came, and I was just like, wow, people who look like me on stage—they were the best damn thing there at that festival, uh, hands down. And I said, okay, that's where I need to be. I need to go to this place to get this training that I need to be great. So I transferred there, and this is where I'm gonna start. Stepping lightly because, uh, okay, so okay, here we go. So I transferred there, and I, I remember I transferred there like during the summer, and it was like the summer of 96, 95, something like that. And, uh, or maybe it was 94, but it, it doesn't matter. But anyway, so, uh, you, you could easily say 2004 and make yourself younger. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so there was a student who was leaving. He was graduating. He was a senior. And I remember him telling me, you know, because I was country, man. Country from Hooks, Texas, green, naive, right? And um, and he was like, you know, just just be careful. Just be just be careful. Uh, not everyone is what, who you think that, that they are, right? Sounds very menacing, right? So and I'm like, what? You just gonna leave me hanging with that? You're not gonna tell me more. He just, and he just kind of, you know, he left. He left it with that. Um. So, in that particular program at the time, uh, and any, you know, I don't know if anybody's gonna deny it, but this is the truth. Like, we would rehearse with, with a particular professor. Uh, rehearsal was supposed to start at seven, let's say, it may not start till nine because he was up in his office sleeping. Uh, during the summer, I can remember you know, going home when the sun was coming up because he freaking slept or did whatever he was doing till really late and then finally came down and, and we would start to rehearse the situation. And of course, at that time, in that moment, it was all glorious. It was like, wow, we're... You know, we're staying up late and we're, oh, look at the sun is coming up. You know, so, of course, you know, hindsight and maturity lets you know these things are not appropriate, right? But in the moment, you're like, I'm doing theater with these awesome people. And we're all going through these with this crazy guy as our leader. And we're all doing the same thing, you know, things together. And so I really aspired to be... Um, this person's assistant and uh, it, just to work closely with this person. And, uh, and so, you know, so I, I, I worked with him and, and, and I was, I'm gay. I, I was out at that time, but I was not out to my family uh, or my mom, but, but I was out to, you know, beyond that. And, th and that's important later. Uh, so, so I'm here, I'm, I'm learning, I'm going through all this, this, this great training, but there, ca there came a time when, uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to abbreviate it, that I was sexually harassed by someone there, someone in authority. And, uh, and when I turned them down, so it wasn't such a, such a sexually harassed, it was proposition. And when I turned them down, my life changed that and i remember them saying to me oh can i cuss can i what's the what's the rules here yeah you yeah you're, you're good you're okay good. i remember him saying this person said something to me like well we don't run no faggot theater here and we're not gonna do this sissy shit here and just any time to try to out me or to use me being gay as something as a, a pejorative or something negative in front of other students, they, they would do. And so it got to the point where I said, okay, you know what, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna change my major and I'll finish out this semester. But then they were, they turned up the heat because they were like, well, you're not gonna be in another major learning all my great things that I'm teaching you. Uh, and they threatened to call my mom and tell my mom that I was, that I was gay. And actually, since that time, I actually talked to a because I had a roommate at the time who was going through the same, same thing. I don't think he, he wasn't uh propositioned, but he was treated differently because he was 
clearly gay and and and, uh, and he told me that this person when their aunt called this person out tried to out them to their aunt but they were already out to their aunt so there wasn't any ammunition they could use so it was this kind of situation and I, and I say all this uh, because it's my truth but I know that this, there's people from that era who, who highly love different people and people have different experiences uh, but it's it, this is my, this is what I went through, and I dropped out of school uh, because I was just I mean I was devastated, man. I was devastated because I looked at this person almost as a parental figure, as a guru. I mean, this is like I think the first time I ever maybe the second person. I guess I put Larry Wisdom on on a pedestal too. This is like the second person in my life I had really put on a really high pedestal. And man, did he let let me down. And uh, and so so I just remember being in my dorm room, crying my eyes out. Just going, I'm, I'm just not going to do this. I'm just going to drop out of this. And so I I left school, moved to Houston. Uh, and during that time, when I was living in Houston, not in school, just working at Jenny Craig, I think I was, was one of my jobs, many jobs I had. Uh, someone told me about this theater company called Living the Dream out of Columbus, Ohio, that was holding auditions. So I went, I contacted him. I didn't get cash, but he he uh, made me a part of the company, like an apprentice or something. And so I ended up moving to Columbus, Ohio. And I did that with them for about uh, six months, maybe a year that I was there with them. Uh, it was this really... That's a whole other story there, but anyway, it gets me on the theater stuff. But anyway, um, when that was over, uh, I just started living my life. I like to say that's where I got my gay wings. I was just partying and you know just doing the thing, and not really theater was was. I wasn't thinking about theater. And one day, two maybe two years later, I'm sitting at a call center working for AirTouch Cellular at the time. And, you know, and then it, and I'm, you know, just, it just dawned on me like, like, man, this is not, I mean, accounts receivable calling people about their cell phone bills. And I, and then someone said, this is not the dream. This isn't the plan. You need to go back to school and, and be a teacher because that's what you wanted to do. And so I uh, told my friends, I was like, I'm moving to Texas. And they were like, when? I said, next week. And and I called my best friend who's still living in, in Texas, in the town where I went to school. And I said, can I stay with you? And he said, yeah, come on down. And then that was it. And I, and it was like from 98 to 2000. And I, I mean, I probably had maybe two and a half or three years worth of school left that I packed into two, into two years. Um, and I just saw it through. And by that time, I don't know, Maybe I changed, they changed, but I was getting cast and a, a, a ton, and it was just a whole different experience. And so I graduate, and I go to teach high school. I graduate like in at a weird time. I graduated graduated in the middle of the year, like in December. So I start teaching in January. Oh, it was nothing like I expected teaching high school. <laughs> It was nothing like I expected. That, yeah, uh, that that's going to resonate with a lot of people. <laughs> it, it, it was a face crack. It was, you know, I had in my mind that I was that guy from Lean on Me. What was that? That that um, you know, I was freaking Robin. Yeah, the, I know who uh, you're talking about, but I don't remember. Morgan Freeman. Yeah, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Me. I was Robin Williams in Dead Poets Society. <laughs> you know, like that yeah. was who I was. Like, I love theater. They're going to love theater too. This is going to be this thing. And oh my gosh, it was everything but that for the most part. Uh, you know, I remember, now mind you, I'm in my early 20s, so I'm going to tell you some stuff that's horrible classroom management. And I didn't go through a teacher certification program. I was going to do emergency certification. So I don't want to blame any school. This is, this is you know, Cleo's bad judgment. So I remember one time the student 
Uh, I'm telling him, I said, you know, you need to, you need to leave because he was misbehaving or something like that. And then he's like, no, I'm not leaving. I said, well, yeah, you, you are going to leave. And and so he he stood up, and I and I was like, well, I know you're not doing what I think you think you think you're going to do. And so we walked out into the hallway, and then I just started to shut the door on him because like I I got to do a fake on him, you know? I was like, oh yeah, you're going to leave. And I turned <laughs> to the door, and then he started pushing against the door. So there we were, like doing a tug of war push on the door, and then I like I I went outside of myself, looking at this ridiculous moment, and, and I was just like. No, no. But even then, I hadn't given up on it because uh, I was doing one act play. Uh, it was my first, of course, my first one act play because my first shooting gig. I, I was directing Medea, which I had been longing to direct forever. And uh, that was my main theater class. My students in rehearsal was like, you know, that was what it was about, you know, for me. Uh, and, you know, and in hindsight, what I just learned, I just didn't have the classroom management skills to deal with the people who I was dealing with. I just didn't have, I didn't have the skill set at the time. I just didn't. I probably still don't. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, um, it, when I went great, we went, we went to state. We went to state my first time out the gate. Um, and I remember when we won region and I went to the principal that, following Monday and said to her, uh, you know, we, we're going to state. And she was like, oh, now we got to get a bus. And when she said that, I was like, I'm done <laughs> in my mind. I was like, I'm, I'm done. Uh, because because for me, it was like, okay, I had come up with this, this, this rule in my mind, this percentage thing that if I can get, so it's, it's, it's either, you know, the students, uh, boss, pay. Uh, I think that was, you know, so basically support, pay, and students. Like two of those three got to be there for me to stay. You know, if, if two of those things aren't there, and, and I don't know how I came up with that. I may have stole, stolen it from someone else. And if I did. <laughs> there you go, but I can't remember. But but it was a philosophy that I developed. And uh when she said that, I was like, well, there goes there goes the second one, you know. And so uh I was like, so I started thinking, well, I gotta go to grad school. I gotta go to grad school, I gotta teach college because I I can't live my life. Because this is why this is what I say. It is a high school teachers, because this is what I know, I don't know anything about junior high who get those students to do what they're supposed to do in those classrooms, and this is everyone, are master teachers. They're, they're master teachers when you can get these people who would much rather be doing something else perhaps and make them believe that they want to do this thing with you uh, and go on that journey with you. Because uh, I can remember one time in the classroom, I think I thought I had this great lesson and I was really, really was going to teach today. And I remember they just didn't give they didn't give a f, and I remember uh, talking to this one student who was an older student, and and I asked him. I said, "Well, I, I'm trying to like real. I, I care. Like, why won't you guys listen to me?" And, and he and he was like, "Man, what can you expect?" <laughs> and I was just like, "Yeah, I, I I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't know what to do." So um, so I I. Would like to say that I chose my grad school with great care and uh, you know selectivity, but actually it was who's still accepting people right now. I need to get out of here, and 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 it ended up being Texas Tech. Of course, Texas Tech is a great program. Um, I, I think I have definitely, as I gotten older, have uh, believed that things happen. The things that are supposed to happen will happen, or supposed to happen, and you know, and 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 you're supposed to be where you where you end up, and so I do believe that that was supposed to happen for me because I did grow a lot and learned a lot about myself as a as an artist and and as a teacher, and so I did tech. Uh, that that was a great time there at tech. Um, I did graduate a semester late. I was supposed to graduate in the 
spring, ended up graduating in the summer because my major professor didn't turn my thesis in on time. But you know, no hard feelings. You know, it's it's, it's over. You know, uh, I got out of there. Um, but um, but I but I know I have great, great fond memories of of my time there. Uh, and then that led me to my first gig as a professor, assistant professor teaching at Penn State Berks in Reading, Pennsylvania. And, you know, um, I got that gig. Uh, I think I got it because it was definitely an entry-level job because it was they didn't have a theater major. Uh, it was to direct and teach introduction to theater was the, was the assignment. And I've always been the kind of person, I don't know, I, you know, I, I was born in Arkansas, raised in Texas. You know, I have family kind of all over. So I don't really have that kind of like hometown. Like, like my family's not, I was raised in Hooks, Texas, but no one of my fam, immediate family is there. So I never really was tied to a place. So, so Pennsylvania, sure, let's, let's go, let's do it. Um, and I was at Pennsylvania for nine years. And it was during my time there that I began to do more professional work. I got a chance to work at the Folger Shakespeare Theater in DC and work with Teller from Penn and Teller and do some stuff in Philadelphia and and just kind of, but the whole time I'm doing that, I, I never have aspirations to do that full time. Like I, that whole idea of not knowing where your next check is gonna come when that job is done did not appeal to me in any way. Uh, I was just doing those things for tenure and two, uh, so that I would be a better teacher. And that's really what the, my motivation was for doing those gigs. And um, and so at some point, we're, done, we're doing shows at Penn State, Berks, and the students are uh, really enjoying the shows, but we're only teaching like intro to theater and maybe some kind of uh, specialty topic. And they, they decided, the students wanted a major. They said, what can we do? Can we get a theater major? And so me and a colleague, we began to walk through the process of starting a theater major. And through that process, and we, we got one, I found a love for administration and for uh, kind of helping with the big bigger picture. And and honestly, that that's kind of like with a director, because I'm a director, and part of that's like, you know, liking not liking to be told what to do very much. So, you know, just trying to, you know, be a part of that, a part of the decision-making process. So at, after about nine years there, uh, a job came open uh, at Texas Southern. And I was at Texas Southern, uh, you know, doing that, head of the program there. Um, my chair, uh, or my dean, went to Clark Atlanta University eventually. Uh, and I joined her at Clark Atlanta uh, over there. And then at some point during my time there, you know, in Atlanta, you think everybody's like, oh, Atlanta's great, great. Atlanta was great, but I, it wasn't home for me. Uh, I think my, that's where my small townness kind of came out, just in the sense that I was just, it was just, it wasn't overwhelming, but I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel at home there. It, it felt like a transition place for me. And but when the SFA job came open, honestly, I thought they would never hire me. I applied just thinking, well, you, what, what, what do you got to lose? Uh, I mean, I went to SFA for theater camp when I, you know, when I was younger. Uh, I thought, well, that'd be cool. Uh, you know, and, uh, but when I came here, it felt right. It felt good. Uh, and then, you know, I ended, I ended up getting it. And you know, of course, I've been here five years now, or at, at SFA, and it's been mostly good. Here we go again. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna decide how honest I'm going to be right now. Um, but you know, I put it this way. I put it a couple of ways. My mom was really proud that I work at SFA, and she loves to tell people my son is, you know. He's the chair of theater, director of theater at SFA, and a lot, a lot of my friends are really proud about that. And I, and, and I, and, some, and, and they sometimes they ask me, like, why don't you, 
why don't you boast more about that? And, it, and I'm very honored to have my position and, and a lot of people kill to have it. But it's definitely not, a, it's, it's just not all that you see, right? You know, um, I'm just trying to think how, how you know how to how to yeah you, we i mean we got it you know just yeah. by saying that yeah. I, it's it's not a necessarily negative but it's also it's not it's it's like meeting your uh childhood celebrity like hero it's like exactly there exactly. are there are elements to it that you're like wow this is really great but also they're still human and and you know there are exactly. going to be some honest some, some truths that you just didn't know about exactly yeah. and i but, and i will say thank you for putting it that way i will say that Recently, we've had change in leadership at the university that has kind of, so, someone said to me at a meeting the other day, I said, Cleo, you're the happiest I've seen you in a long time in that meeting. And I was like, well, I feel like the, some dark clouds have parted and the sun is shining through. And, you know, so, so I'll, I'll say, that, say that much. But through all that, through all my, and this is my own personal stuff, the department itself, the school of theater itself is an awesome place to be. Uh, I think I think it serves the students fantastically. I think that uh, we have a real strong push for inclusion in the school of theater. And the faculty is doing their best to be aware of the student needs and all the, that type of stuff. So the school of theater itself, even the College of Fine Arts itself, uh, I think it's one of the best departments or colleges in the, in the SFA. Um, because the people are really excited about what they do. And that, to, to end it on a good note, and that, that is why, that has been my goal this whole time, to be in some place where I felt supported. They go back to those three. You know, the, the, the support, the, the students, uh, the, and the pay, all those things have come to fruition here at SFA uh, for me. And I would definitely sell the program to any student any day. Um, and now it's a it's it's an interesting place now because uh, I get to use all my skill sets. I direct, you know, I teach, and then I get to do that administrative kind of leadership and recruitment and that kind of stuff um, for the department. And that that's that's where I am today. Yeah, and. Like as an as a high school educator, and I've been doing this since since two thousand seven. There's definitely been a change in what you tell students uh, about what programs you recommend for them, and and by that I mean SFA. They were on the map, you know, back in probably ten fifteen years ago, but now they're they're a big chunk of that map. They're you know it's like they've become more of a powerhouse, and and I think roll with me on this. I don't know exactly how to be eloquent with this, but in 2021 for a school in Nacogdoches to be one of the more progressive schools in the state of Texas, that says a lot. So, you know, it's, uh, uh, cause, cause they've had quite the stigma, uh, n- knowing how my wife graduated from Sam Houston. I know you're supposed to boo or something right now, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, and, and and I went to Sam for a little bit for just a just a little bit because I didn't feel comfortable there as a Jewish man. So I can only imagine uh, other people that can be seen how they're different. But uh, the the idea of going to SFA in two thousand one two thousand was out of the question for me. Uh, and although I like purple, uh, it you know it wasn't. It, I just. What I'm trying to say is it's it's cool that you're talking about how it's becoming a little more inclusive and a little more open-minded. I know you didn't say open-minded, you know, I'm putting words in your mouth, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm getting that vibe from you. So, uh, so, so good on you. Um, but yeah, so, okay. So let's back up. Okay. I, I love, I love the background. And, and so I want to, there, there are a couple of funny questions not funny, but like, like very just like. Why'd you think of that kind of question? But I wrote down a couple of things. So you mentioned athletics. So I'm going to, I'm going to focus on that just for a little bit, but did your parents meet because of athletics? Like were they, was that what got them together? Do you know? Yes. I believe they met uh, 
at a basketball game. That's yeah. funny. Okay. Like, yeah. I just, yeah. I don't know why I thought I was like, you know, you, you mentioned that they were both, uh, your mom was a basketball player. Your dad was a football player. Uh, mm-hmm. and, a, and it sounds like a halfway decent one. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of, you know, I, I'm a huge sports fan. So like when you said, yeah, my dad played professional football. I was like sitting here kind of trying to be like, should I look this up? I feel like there were a lot of house, uh, last names house in, in the foot in football. So it might take a while. Well, well, Cleo House uh, is in the seventies. Uh, oh yeah, because you're a junior, so yeah. Miami Dolphins. Okay, yeah. all right. Did did you ever see Ace Ventura: Pet Detective? Yes. Uh-huh. Did did because <laughs> I mean I, again, stupid questions, but this is a conversation because because that was it was the Dolphins that he was. Uh... Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, we can get off of that. I'll do my own private research. So, uh, and then another dumb question when it comes to athletics and then, um, well, I want to get off of that, but have you watched last chance you? I have not. What is, what is that about? So last chance you is they do both basketball and football, but, uh, it's a Netflix documentary, uh, where they follow a small community college or junior college and they follow the athletes that are in those programs. And, uh, I mean, we're talking about students that are, uh, that just didn't make the grade, uh, Mm -hmm. students that didn't have financial backing to go off to, you know, uh, a larger school students that were, that were scholarshiped, but then screwed up and Mm -hmm. got knocked down to junior college. Um, and so they follow these people and follow these stories for probably 12, 15 episodes. And, uh, there've been, there've been a, few uh seasons but it's one of those as you mentioned being a small town athlete uh Mm -hmm. you might kind of understand and and empathize with with some of these guys and girls uh that they follow so uh i would recommend it but anyway i I I should watch it i tend to because i'll tell you when i tell you sports were 24 7 in the house you know, like, so now when someone says something about sports, I'm like, yeah, I get it. And, and I, I think you and I both know Philip Taylor. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah Philip was a, also a high school athlete and, you know, so that, so we've had lots of discussion and he was small town, ta- you know, so it's like, it's a very similar type of type of background, but anyway, I'll get off of it. <laughs> but, <laughs> so. well, I'll tell you, when I quit football, uh, this is how I quit playing sports at school. Cause I was still playing while I was going to one act play rehearsal and I would be late to track practice because I had one act play rehearsal. And so, but I was still going, I would run and do what I was supposed to do. So at a track meet, the head coach came to me and he was like, house, you can't be coming late to all these practices. You know, you're up there with that play rehearsal. You will have to make a decision. And I was like, okay, well, this was nice. This will be my last track meet. And man, those coaches was like, they could not believe that I made that choice, you know, but That's uh, funny. I, they were great. Did, did you guys do other, sh- other type of shows in, in your high school, like musicals or, or, uh, like fall dramas, fall plays? I'm trying to think, I feel like we didn't, okay. I feel like every show that's coming to my mind has a wide play association. Right. Uh, I, we were like a small three, a school at the, right. at the time. Yeah. Is it still a three A? Still classified as three A that you know of? It might be classified as two A now. I okay. Think. Okay. Yeah. 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 Those are the types of schools, and I'm about to interview somebody on Thursday that actually uh, uh, teaches at a two A, and I, I I've been trying to branch out more to those teachers because their their story is completely different than yes. these six A's that have four directors and 250 kids, and you mm-hmm. know we have trouble casting a musical not because they don't have enough kids but because they have too many kids <laughs> you know right <laughs> so, you know, they're, they're casting different casts yes you know, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah yeah we've got yeah we've got a saturday morning and a saturday afternoon cast yeah uh all right so uh you also you said something um uh earlier talking about larry wisdom uh mm-hmm. and uh right you said wisdom or there are a couple of larry's but yeah so you said met on met on yeah met on the circuit, and that I don't know why that stuck out to me. That's a very like uh, 
that's not a very theatrical <laughs> term. It's kind of like, you know, it's, it's again, sticking with athletics for just a second. It's kind of like saying, I've got to go to play practice, uh, not rehearsal, you know, right, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but met, met on the circuit. I, I love that. Uh, so I guess, I guess because, you know, I, I viewed what I play as such a competitive, yeah, yeah. almost, you know, athletic event, you know? So I guess that's why, I associate it with that kind are, of. Are you competitive? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I have grown to be a better comp- comp competitor. Um, uh, I, I'll admit that, you know, when people talk about those bratty students who don't respond well when they lose that at one act play competition, and they have, you're like, what? What what isn't their teacher teaching that student that they would behave in such a manner? Okay, so so do you, are you uh, do you adjudicate? I do. Okay, I so do. does that come into play when you're giving your feedback as far it as does. yeah? Okay, it does. I think I, I lead off with as much empathy as I can give. Is they is they're open to receive? Because I'm like I know that this hurts. You know, and uh, and I and, and there's nothing that I can say that's going to not make it hurt. You know, uh, and I just try to come from a place of empathy, and I let them. Well, actually, before I even start, I say, you know, I started as you know, I told briefly, you know, I was I was where you were, and we never won. <laughs> Whether you know, we, you know, and, you know, so I get it. Uh, you know, and uh, and I've been tell the directors, you know, I directed, and so. I try to leave from that from that place of, of, of empathy and that we're all in this to learn together because I think what I needed at that time was for a grown up to to say, Mm-mm, you know, there's another way to do this. And, and just the situation where what I was in, I was just let let loose to be as idiotic as I wanted to be uh, at, at that time, and and so I try to off, offer that up as best i can yeah have you have you ever been and i i'm trying to figure out a way to ask this i've been like putting this in my head like how do i make this sound eloquent have you ever been in a in a situation where it's been the opposite where you can clearly tell a school was not affected by not advancing and you and it kind of baffled you like it doesn't seem as though they care and so does that change how you and you don't need to name names but Mm -hmm. does that change how you then go about giving them their feedback and giving them their notes, knowing that well, it just doesn't look like they really, they, they kind of knew they weren't going to advance or mm-hmm, something mm-hmm, to that mm-hmm. effect. I've, I've seen that, but in the sense where they knew that they weren't where they needed to be and they were okay with that. And they were okay that we knew it and that they didn't advance and Okay, let us have it. Let let us have the feedback because we know we weren't where we need to be. Yeah, right. And that kind of, of course, openness just makes me really want to engage them in you know in this conversation about their piece and and maybe I, I always try to. While of course you want to be specific about the notes of the show, I always try to give notes that can be taken in the future that you can apply to more than just that show. Um, and so um, I think it opens you more up to that. Cause of course, if someone, I don't think I've ever encountered, encountered anyone who just like, I don't, you know, it, who just didn't, who didn't want to hear it other than because they lost any like, you know, um, that's one of the things I found this year with the pandemic, with us having to, there's a few conferences or, contests where we responded to them before they knew who won and when I tell you that is a totally different kind of festival uh, because these people are so open they've got their notebooks out and they're and they're because we might still because we might advance and we want to get the information that we need to get you know and I and every respondent that I was on panel with, agree that that was the way to go in the future. Like if nothing else comes out of COVID, it should be 
we get to talk to people when they're still open. Because uh, no matter how much of a good sport you are, if your heart is broken, your heart is broken. And, you know, and we just can't hear through our grief, you know, and, you know, you just can't hear through your grief. You can't, and, and every critique is, that's the, re- that's it. That's the reason why we didn't advance, you know, or is that the reason why we didn't advance, you know, or that's the reason why we didn't, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, you, you go through all, you you nap, and then of course, as responders or adjudicators, we are traversing this, trying to be as, you know, because we know that anything we say is a, is a potential powder keg, you know, uh, in that moment. And so you're hypersensitive uh, to that. Whereas before, whereas this new thing that we did this past year uh, with responding before they know who won, I just think that is the way yeah. to go. And I hope everyone bombards whoever needs to make that decision with that suggestion. Yeah. Or at the very least, and and as a contest manager, I've not adjudicated, and I don't know if I plan on doing so, but as a contest manager, I always wait to hand out my rankings until after the all of the uh, uh, feedback has been completed. Because, yeah. because if I know that Mr. House Jr. Uh, gave me a one and, uh, you know, another adjudicator. I'm looking at a picture of RuPaul right now. So we'll say uh, RuPaul has given me an eight uh-huh, and, I'm, uh-huh. and, I, and I'm getting you as my feedback. You right. know, like, you, of course, you're going to sit here and be like, I loved it. Um, right. And yeah. then and then old Ru over here is going <laughs> to tell me all the things that I did wrong. So. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, no, I get it. Now, have you directed, um, on any level, uh, whether that be high school or, or collegiate, have you directed musicals? I, oh yeah, I directed, yeah, I directed musicals. Yeah. So, uh, so I, what's I, that I, as a, as a, so uh, sorry to cut you off, but as a small town guy that was raised practically with one act play, yeah, how scared were you <laughs> when, when you kind of stepped into that world? Well, okay. So. I got a chance to, I think, well, my first musical that I acted in was The Robert Bridegroom, uh, and I played Big Harp, Big Harp, A Talking Head in a Box. So I didn't get a chance to really dance around or anything. But, but I didn't, didn't get to act next to my best friend. So, so I started just to observe the process. And, and, and at, uh, we're at my undergrad, we would do summer musicals every summer and, and, and with alumni, and I would be always ensemble, ensemble, because... I would just, I, I could sing, but I would just choke under the pressure of, you know, of having to sing in front of people uh, in that way. And so I'm trying to think, I did a gig at Oklahoma Shakespeare Festival as an actor. I was, uh, I think I was Aaron in, in Titus. And and then, so, you know, got in good with them there. And the next summer, I was like, I want to do a musical. I want to direct a musical. And, and uh, oh, wait a minute. Did I do? Okay, I don't want to lie. Did I do that? No, I don't. I can't. No, I, I don't that. know no, the answer. <laughs> no, no, no. no I'm, about, I'm about to say something else because I directed Godspell in okay. Tech. Okay, that's why that that came first. So I, I don't know what got it to me to want to direct that, but but I did, and, and and I directed that. That's the first musical I directed too. So really? it, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's, but I don't anyway. know what about that musical that feels yeah, approachable safe. or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. But, but the time that I was most scared and thought, oh, my God, everyone's going to just walk out because I don't know what I'm doing, was the Oklahoma Shakespeare Festival, and I directed Hello, Dolly. Uh, and the lead, Dolly was like a veteran performer. Oftentimes, she was a musical director for their shows. And the whole time on the inside, I was just like, oh! The entire time, I just thought, I just, I was just scared shitless the entire time I, I, I did it. I did it. Um, and so, I don't know, what was the question? <laughs> no, that was it. I mean, that was, that was it. I was wondering how, as a, because my, again, like I said, my first musical was Godspell as well. The first one I directed alone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember getting to uh, the, the, the sort of uh, vaudevillian number with Jesus and Judas and thinking, 
oh no, there is choreography. <laughs> like, and, I, <laughs> and and luckily, I had a kid in the in the cast, uh, uh, a wonderful kid, Emil, that was like, I got this. I'll I'll take care of it. You know. And uh, but anyway, but yeah. So I was just. It wasn't so much fear as it was just kind of not knowing all the elements. Because I'm a technician by trade, so uh, I knew I could take care of all that. I mean, we had the set and lights and everything was ready by first rehearsal. <laughs> but, but anyway, so yeah, it was. But that you you got it. It was uh, kind of the scared thing. So I got to touch on this RuPaul thing because I you know as a Facebook stalker, uh-huh. I see RuPaul is your. Uh, uh, what are they called a header or whatever on, oh, yeah, on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so i i gotta i gotta ask and i've had him on the podcast and he's a good friend of mine uh but do you know who justin simeon is he the he's the creator of dear white people which was on oh yeah yeah so he he's on this year's or this season of rupaul drag race as a judge <laughs> and that's oh, he <laughs> i don't know why i'm telling you this but you have you have rupaul on here so but uh he that's how, that's his like i've made it uh in his opinion oh, so totally, but yeah, totally. i like, thought you might appreciate that i appreciate that i have watched all the seasons of rupaul drag drag race Drag you, yeah. All stars, yeah. I mean, have you have you used that in your classroom? I know some high school teachers that use Drag Race as uh, like a learning tool, pretty much a teaching tool, because of the the element of creating something out of nothing, and and it's gorgeous, and uh, and just watching episodes of that. It's the same as um, what's the other one? Uh, uh, oh shoot, there's another fashion. Um, like project runway, project runway or, thank you yeah, yeah so those those two have been used as uh kind of that that kind of cr- oh, creation yeah. thing creation template i think i use more so his sayings and his methodology and and in in that way even even with tim gunn on project runway make it work you know just you know just i think it's more so those philosophies of um yeah you know loving yeah. yourself and the, you know, I actually have bought RuPaul's books and yeah. the whole idea about the inner saboteur because the whole self self doubt that gets in our way and tells us we're not good enough and all that kind of stuff. So you know, so we all face it, but definitely young young performers face it a, a whole lot more. And so working with them and coaching with them yeah. through that. Yeah. How how big of a deal? And I, you know, we don't have to get too too personal, but how big of a deal is? RuPaul like I mean RuPaul's been around for I don't know what 30 years practically like a long time and to see a uh, a black man who is as just uh, gives no shits in the world pretty much (laughs) about what you think or what anybody else thinks but completely ahead of his time completely ahead of his time Mm -hmm. uh, like was that some sort of influence to you at all uh, when you were younger, or did you even know who RuPaul was back in you know the nineties? I think well, definitely in, by the nineties, I did you know his uh, "You Better Work" and yeah, uh, the <laughs> yeah. supermodel super of the world stuff. That's definitely around the time I was kind of coming into myself. Right. Uh, I, I think definitely seeing someone own themselves, like you were saying, right. own own themselves. Definitely, I don't think he was a a conscious role model right uh, for me he's probably more of a conscious role model for me now than he was right. back then I, um yeah I, I would say but uh but definitely i've been a fan for right. you know forever all right so I, I got a couple more questions i don't want to keep you too much longer uh mm-hmm. but uh I, I you mentioned that you know that the going back to excuse me going back to your parents being athletes Sorry to clear my throat. Um, you you said that you wanted to. You knew that you wanted to be an educator for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there any uh, like? Do you have that anywhere in your bloodlines at all? Uh, someone in education? Like why? Why did you want to be an educator? You told us why you wanted to be why theater, but right. what was it about education? You know, I grew up poor. And 
the people who I saw who had were teachers based on what I had seen. So some of the nicest dress, I remember this one teacher in junior high, she would have these, she always smelled good. She had nice clothes. She would have these little bangly, little bangles on her arm. She had her nails done. And she would have rings on her finger. I remember when she would drink her little drink in the classroom. She would clink, clink on the glass with her, with her, with her rings. And I just thought that, oh man, she was like, she's just, you know, she's living the life, you know? And I, you know, I, I remember I had a, the social studies teacher, she too was just like this really elegant woman put together. And it just seemed like that these are the teachers just just I don't know, they just had it together and they and they had stuff that stuff stuff that I didn't have. That was just that was just what I saw, you know, uh growing up in the small town where I was, I didn't have access to anyone who had any kind of wealth or anything. So that's just what I saw. So I think that's, you know, uh, but, but then I also think that there was just some kind of part of it that when I would play teacher with my, my brothers and sisters, that I just enjoy that, I don't know, the in front of the, and being in front of the room and instructing and, and leading in, in that way. And of course, when I play with my brother and sister, I believe in corporal punishment. And so <laughs> there's a lot of paddling going on. I, I still do, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, yeah. Well, good for you. I, I, I've never heard that as an answer, and that makes total sense. Uh, like, it, that, that I couldn't – yeah, it makes total sense, but I've never heard anybody say that was their reason. And I, I don't think there are any – anybody – nobody's listening to this thinking – uh, uh, I don't think a lot of sports fans listen to this <laughs> podcast, but but to to hear somebody say my father was in the NFL and I grew up poor, they were they weren't always paid millions of dollars. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, if anything, yeah. uh, they're they're paying a lot more after their career than they are uh, than they were during. So and my dad was a free agent. Yeah, he was okay. A free, he was a free agent, and by the time I really came along along to be conscious. That time in the life that was, was gone was over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. No, he, he's and he was no Dan Marino. No offense, but uh, yeah. No, so, no, not at all. And, and then, so when you were going through college, uh, mm-hmm. throughout your time, even through your time at Tech, what were your, what was your family thinking, uh, as far as, like, were they completely supportive of you, or were they kind of like skeptical of like he wants to do theater, he wants to teach, like. That's not, uh, you know, that that's new for us. Well, I'm going to say yes, because uh, the teaching part was okay. Um, you know, I, you know, I think, um, I guess I would be remiss to say, you know, I, it was really important to me. I was desperate to find something that I love to do because uh, my mom and dad divorced. And, and so I was grew up primarily with her. And I remember her, she had a good job at the, at the army depot. But she hated it. She hated the job because she was at at one point she was the only woman on a construction site, and I'm sure she went through all kinds of crap like that. But I just remember her the, the snooze button, snooze, 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 five in the morning. You know, calling off. You get like four hours worth of sick time. Oh, I'm using it. You know, like just, just like just, just trying doing everything you can to not be at work. And I just remember just thinking, man. God, that that can't be me. I can't do that. Like, I don't, I'm going to end up homeless because I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go to work and something like that that I hate that bad every day. So so at that young age, you know, whatever that was, 13, 12, I just had this imperative in me that I have to figure figure this out. I have to figure what what I'm going to do. And so when I found theater, it didn't matter what no one else thought because I loved it. And so when... My mom at first was like, because um, at first it was innocent, right? At first it was like, oh, he's just going to be in the one act play. That's good. Then I quit football. Oh, well, 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 you never really was crazy about it anyway. So I, I guess I get that. So then, and, and then, so then we're moving on. And then it's like, oh, you're going to college? You're going to major in it? And I'm like, yep, that's what I'm going to do. And since you're not paying for my school, <laughs> you know, you, you can really say about it. You know, so it's, so that was kind of like, 
oh, okay. And But then, of course, when I got my first job at Penn State, that's when people, of course, began to, oh, oh, okay. You know, you know and, and then just as I began to get these different gigs as, as, as chairs and stuff at different places, now it's like, oh yeah, of course. Oh yeah, he heads he heads yeah. up the theater department, and now she's actually recruiting for me. She actually took <laughs> uh, so, so this really talented kid my way. Where one of her church people were like, oh, you should go to Pet, you should go to Stephen F. Austin. My son, he he heads up the theater department there. You should audition for him. You know, so it's like a whole, you know, you know that's full sparkle thing. Yeah. So I want to get you out of here on this. Uh, I like to end with uh, advice or. I listen to a podcast with, I'm a big wrestling fan, so it's hard to tell, but there are wrestling figures behind me and stuff. But, uh, so I listen to the new day, uh, they're, they're, they have a podcast that's just, just one of the most entertaining things in the world. But anyway, especially if, if you're not a wrestling fan, maybe it's not that great, but <laughs> they, well, I, they, I grew up with, I grew up with the W that was the WWF. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. Dog yeah. And Junkyard and dog, yeah. 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 So that that's old now, but anyway, <laughs> but, but the, but the new day has something they call a gas up. And so I've been trying to adopt this idea of a gas up, uh, but a, a little bit of modified version of it. So what I want you to do, you, uh, candidly, and I appreciate it spoke, uh, kind of about the, the struggle of, uh, college for you, the beginning of college and, uh, not, not knowing if you weren't being utilized, because of the color of your skin or maybe, uh, uh, because of, uh, your sexual orientation or whatever questions you might've internally had that may or may not have been proven. What I want you to do is gas up quote unquote, uh, cause I have students that listen to this, especially now college students. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've got a kid that just is second guessing their, their, their decisions or, thinking that, oh my gosh, I, I shouldn't have done this, or they don't like me because of X, Y, and Z. I, I want you to kind of give that motivational speech. You, you've got to have that in you as a, as a theater person, as the product of athletes, as you know, just somebody that's kind of been through it. Wh- what, is, what is something you could tell uh, somebody struggling through? And it even could be a teacher. Uh, I, I've heard horror stories of teachers that administration doesn't want to use them because of whatever reason uh or doesn't want to use them to their best of their ability uh i want you to gas somebody up you know uh get them get them hyped up make make them know that everything's going to be okay and and i and and this isn't a video podcast but i gotta say the the pictures behind you seem somewhat like they are an uplifting type of thing the the king of hearts to me means a whole lot You've got a picture of the Queen of Hearts. You've got a picture. I got, of, both, I got both of them. Oh, you! Oh, I didn't see. Okay, there yeah, you go. Yeah. There you go. You shifted the camera, but you've got the hot air balloons, which are you know the the idea of just always just going up, you know. And uh, so, you you have been an inspiration already to me, and and have motivated me. Uh, but I want you to. And I'm stalling a little bit so you can think of <laughs> but but uh, I always do that I can talk forever but uh, but I want you to kind of to give that inspirational you know uh, speech to, to to somebody that's out there right now that might need it well I'll say in the end you need to go where you're wanted and appreciated Uh don't exist in any space where people don't see your value. If you're doing all that you can do, if you are really showing up and doing the work and putting in the time and making the effort and you're still not being valued, figure out an exit strategy to get out of there. But one thing, don't ever leave. <laughs> don't ever leave a job without another job waiting on you. Don't ever do that. Don't do that unless you wealthy. Okay. Okay. Don't ever do that thing, okay? Because uh, the struggle is real out there, okay? So make sure you you leave. You make sure you got something else waiting on you. Um, but I think I think the, the biggest the biggest thing is too is you have to trust that no matter what it looks like on the outside, that everyone is going through a struggle, no matter how good it looks like they got it. And everyone at some point 
is anxious. It feels like they're not worthy. Feels like they're not good enough. We all have those, those, as RuPaul says, those inner saboteur moments. But in the end, it's not really about the fact that you don't feel good all the time or you, 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 that you don't feel great all the time, that, that you don't feel like a winner all the time. It's really about, it's like we talk about in acting. What is the action? What are you doing? How are you, because, because I tell my students all the time, it's okay if you get up feeling like shit and you go and go to class. But you know what? You won because you got up and you went to class. It doesn't matter that you were tiptoeing and dancing on your way to class like you're in La La Land. That doesn't matter. What matters is that, is that you did it and, and you tried. And I think in the end, if you know, and this is being a little repetitive, if you know that you are, you have, you are putting in the work, therefore you, then you are worthy. Whatever you want to have, if you are putting in the work towards that thing, you are worthy of it. And I, and I know in this moment, I'm preaching to myself too. Because there's some, there's some shit, there's some dreams I still aspire to that sometimes I get in my own way. And like, uh, uh, that's so, to, to do that thing is so far down the road. It just seems so far away. I, I, I don't know if I can get to that thing. Uh, but then I look back and think about other things in my life that I have achieved. And I think about, at one point, I was real far away from that thing too. And it took taking some, just a step even if it's just a baby step towards that thing. And it doesn't matter if you go back. I can tell you how many diets I've broken. So it's like, it doesn't matter if you go back on it. It's about getting back on it and keeping it on trying and trying. And I think one 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 little thing I like to leave you with too is that everybody don't have to know your plan. Like, because so, not everybody's on your team. Not everybody is rooting for you. Not everyone's going to understand it. So sometimes you got to move in silence, move, move and, 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 and make your moves without announcing every single thing you do. I know because in this, in this uh, age of Instagram and Facebook, sometimes we're like, oh, you know, we announce everything. But I would say be careful with that because, uh, because not everyone is a team you, maybe, you know. And, and sometimes you're also getting your own way uh, from just focusing on the task at hand. And don't announce stuff prematurely, but uh, it's okay to to not post everything and 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 work in silence too, as well. Minor wisdom.